Hello, and welcome to Charming Mystique Chats. Today, we're going to be talking about magical gardens. Yes, it is springtime. Winter is gone, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, we are getting the warmer weather, and I'm getting itchy to get outside and work in my garden. So there's a lot of benefits to gardening. The first is establishing good memories, growing something of your own, but there's also some physical and mental benefits to gardening. The first is vitamin D. When you're out in the sun and the sun is, you know, on your skin, you are producing vitamin D. Vitamin D is great for healthy bones and hair and teeth and skin. It's also good for keeping your joints from hurting, as well as keeping away depression. Here in the Northwest, a lot of us are vitamin D deficient. So as soon as the sun starts to come out, we are out there trying to get as much vitamin D in our bodies as possible. The other good thing is the bacteria. Believe it or not, there is beneficial bacteria out there. And when you are working in good soil, you are absorbing good bacteria. This bacteria helps us to produce serotonin. Serotonin is the happy hormone that keeps depression away. Another benefit is physical and that is the exercise we receive. I don't know about you, but when I have been sitting inside for months at a time and I finally get out and I start gardening, I got sore muscles. I got sore muscles that I did not even realize I had, but it feels really good to get out there and get back into shape when you are doing your gardening. The other aspect that benefits us is the mental and emotional aspect of gardening. When we are out there, we are away from the electronic chatter. We're out of Zoom meetings. We are away from our office and we are focused just on grounding and centering and playing in the dirt. So now you might be asking, what is the difference between a magical garden and the garden that you've been working in to produce some vegetables, you know, the victory gardens. There are four main differences. The first is the purpose of the garden. Next is the placement of the garden. The third is the plants you are using. And the fourth is the intent. Now, when we look at intent, what are we talking about? Well, the dictionary defines intent as resolve. It also defines it as determining to do something, showing eager and earnest attention. If you look at the Webster definition of intent, you get showing concentration, great attention to the thing that you are planning, aim or purpose. So we're concentrating on what we are doing. That's, that's a big difference when we are planting a magical garden versus a vegetable plot. So let's go back up to the top, purpose.
So what is the purpose of your garden? This is really important, especially when determining what magical garden you're putting together. Is this going to be a garden that is focused on your herbs? Are you going to use these herbs in incense, in charm bags, in medicine bags, or are you going to use them medicinally? Now let me do a quick disclaimer on the medicinal herbs. Just because herbs are natural does not mean that they are 100% safe. There are herbs out there that can interfere with prescription medicine that if taken improperly, even topically, can cause rashes, irritation, allergic reactions. If you take them internally, you don't know what you're doing, you can cause yourself some problems. So do your research. Know what the herbs are, what their interactions are, what their contraindications are, and best of all, find an herbalist who is really good with their craft, who is certified and knows what they're talking about. So there's a disclaimer on medicinal herbs, but let's get back to the purpose of your garden. Are you gonna create a garden that is a meditation spot, someplace that you wanna be surrounded by the plants, or maybe it's a spot to have ritual either by yourself or with friends? This is gonna kinda of determine what plants go in there, how large the space is, etc. Some people even create moon gardens so that they can spend the night out there and sleep under the stars surrounded by these plants. Knowing the purpose of your garden is going to help with the placement of your garden. Now, if you're living in an apartment or a condo, don't worry, you can still have a beautiful magical garden. You're just going to have to work with hanging pots, containers. Um, th there's a lot of fun pots out there that you can work with to create your own magical garden. If you're lucky enough to have property, a yard, a side yard, that you can create your magical garden in, that's fantastic. There's a couple things you should do before deciding where to put your garden. First is you wanna look at the soil. Are you going to need to put a lot of uh, additives to the soil? Is it gonna to have to be heavily fertilized? Do you have a clay or a gravelly soil or is that soil rich and, you know, nutritious for the plants. Yes, I can speak. Um, you also want to look at the surrounding area. Are there a lot of trees around this area? Is there an area that going to cause shade? I mean, when you're looking at the trees, you need to decide, are these trees going to shade my, my garden when their leaves fully come in? Or they're, they're fine. Um, you want to look at how the sun progresses on the space. Are you going to be in full sun all day? Are you going to be in partial sun either in the morning or the afternoon? Or is this pretty much going to be a shade garden? These are mundane things that you need to look at, whether you're going to have a vegetable garden, a flower garden, or a magical garden. The aspect that you really need to pay attention to when you are looking at your placement of your magical garden is the energy. How does that space feel to you? There are some people who are very sensitive to the energies around us and others who aren't. If you don't feel anything, that's okay. If you feel that is a great place, oh, 
best of all, you can start right away. If you feel it's a great place, but your your feeling of it, you know, you like the location, but when you're out there and you're walking around, you kind of feel uneasy or not that great. That's when you're going to have to modify the energy of this space. And that's when we talk about charging. Charging is the modification of the energetic signature on a object or in the ground. So when we're talking about charging your magical garden space, we are talking about modifying the energetic signature of the soil that you are planting your seeds or seedlings in. Now, some people say this isn't necessary. The earth has the ability to take negative energy and transmute it into positive energy, and it, it does this all on its own. But have you ever been to a place where you feel really good, for just for no reason, it, it just feels great to you? Or maybe you've walked along and all of a sudden you get a chill up your spine or you don't feel good, you feel uneasy, like somebody's looking at you, uh, and there's nobody around, but you know, it's just this uneasy feeling. Well, you are experiencing the energy signature of that piece of earth. And usually the energy signature is there because a strong emotional action happened. Like on a battlefield, there's a lot of time you can feel the anger, the despair, the sorrow. If you go to church property, sacred property, a lot of times you'll feel peacefulness. Um, and it doesn't have to be as dramatic as that, but those are some good examples. And some people are very sensitive to the energies around them. Some people aren't. It kind of depends to you. So when you're walking around the area you want to have your garden in, what do you feel like? Does it feel good? Are you happy there? Or did you find the perfect spot to have your garden and maybe it doesn't feel great? So now it's time to charge the area. And there's a couple of different ways you can do this. If you have the ability to walk around your garden space, this is uh, a, an easy way to set the charge. So you want to walk around the space clockwise three times. While you are walking, you want to make sure that you are focused on positive thoughts, how your garden is going to grow, how it's going to help you and those around you, imagining the lush plants and how much you are going to love this and put your time and energy into this space. So that is one way to charge an area. Another way is when you're working in the earth itself or you're working in potting soil. You have these same 
concentration, because remember, we're working with intent when we work with Magic of Gardens. So you have the same concentration. You're holding these same feelings and emotions. And when you're working your hands in the potting soil or in the earth itself, you want to feel that energy come down your arms, into your hands, out your fingers and just radiating from you into this entire space or this entire bucket of potting soil, whichever you're working in. And you're gonna fill that space with this good intent. Now, you are the one who can determine how quickly or slowly this happens. Some people feel they can charge an area within, let's say 30 seconds. Other people wanna take their time and really put their energy into it. So you do this for as long as you feel is appropriate. Another way to charge is to perform a ritual on the space or on your altar with your tools and your watering can and your plant identifiers and your seeds and your seedlings and this space. And your ritual is basically a time of blessing. You're asking for the positive energy of the universe, or maybe you're dedicating to a certain deity that you're working with, but you're basically doing rituals of blessings, rituals of prosperity, fertility, and abundance. And this focused time will charge your tools, your seeds, your seedlings, um, and your water. Another thing you can do is you can use the power of the sun or the power of the moon to charge your items. If you're going to use the power of the sun, and this is really good, especially if you're doing a garden that is dedicated to sun, high energy, energetic work, any of the, the sun deities such as Ra, you put your garden tools out in the sun and you want to put them out just before the sun just before dawn so when the sun rises and you want to bring them inside just before dusk so just before the sun sets this will give your tools and everything else that energy of the sun that warmth that growth that love that that, that revitalization that get up and go if you're working with the moon phases or you're doing a moon garden and there's gorgeous moon gardens with the night blooming plants, then you want to focus your time around the full moon. And you have three nights in which to charge your tools, your seeds, your seedlings. And you, again, you're going to do this only during the time of the full moon. So you put it out after the sun is fully set and you let it sit out there all night, but you want to bring these items in well before dawn, but not before the moon has set. So um, moon phases are, are kind of fun there. You find a lot of a lot of talk about the different phases of the moon. And in fact, there are some plants that um, should be planted during certain phases of the moon. When you look at a website called earthwitchery.com, 
you should have a lot of fun with that. I, I really liked looking at that particular website. And quoting from that, they talk about the fact that you should plant garlic during um, the, the moon sign of Scorpio or Taurus. And you want to do this during the full or waxing moon. A uh, quick side note here, when we talk moon signs, understand that the moon goes through all 12 zodiac houses in one month. So you could be born under the sign of Libra, and that's your sun sign. But depending on the place and the time and the location of your birth, then you're looking at a moon sign. So don't feel that you have to wait until the sun sign month of Taurus to plant your garlic and oh my gosh I've missed it so now I can't plant garlic that that is incorrect you're talking about the time of the month another interesting thing that they come up with is your root crops and your root crops should be planted also in the moon sign of Taurus during the waxing or new moon if you are planting your vines and flowers, you want to do that during the Libra new or waxing moon. And if you are planting sage, you want to plant sage in the Pisces and Scorpio full moon. You can also plant it during the Cancer full moon. Um, valerian is the last one we'll look at, and valerian should be planted in the moon sign of Gemini or Virgo during the new or waxing moon. So that's just a little bit of offshoot of the whole bit about charging uh, your seeds, your seedlings during these moon phases. Now the last little bit about charging is crystals. Yep, you knew they had to be in here somewhere. There actually are crystals that are beneficial for your garden. The first crystal is the Gardener's Stone, otherwise known as Moss Agate. It is a darker stone, uh, your, your typical agate, but it has a lot of green mixed in with it so it looks like surprisingly moss is growing on the agate uh, that's a good stone to use another good general crystal is clear quartz you can look at clear quartz as your all-purpose crystal it has a lot of good energy to it it's a good amplifier and very easily focused Another stone is amethyst. Amethyst is purple in color. Sometimes you'll see a little bit of red or green or yellow mixed into the amethyst, but its main color is purple. That main job is going to be repelling the negativity and bringing in positive energy. Another crystal, which is good, especially if you're doing love or romance gardens is the rose quartz. It's a pretty pink crystal. It brings in lots of feeling of love and self-love and positive energy. So when you're getting ready to pull all these things together, remember that 
you are putting your intent, you're gathering the universal energy, and you are going to charge your tools, you're going to be charging your ground um, to put a little extra oomph on your tools. You can even put on runes or fertility symbols. That's a really interesting internet search, by the way. If you look up the different fertility symbols and signs across the cultures, there's some, some unique drawings out there. Uh, some people put in words of power, of abundance, fertility, creativity, love. These are different things that just add, it's like adding a, another layer to your energy work when you're getting ready to charge your magical garden space. And this will help you to have a really fruitful, abundant, and lush garden. the fun time. What plants do you want to choose? So do yourself a favor, choose plants that match your gardening expertise. If you're a beginning gardener, start small. Choose just a couple of plants and it's better to start with success. I speak from experience. I have a really bad habit. I love to go to the farmer's markets and when I get there, I don't necessarily have a list or a plan. I just look and go, oh, there's that. I'm going to get some lavender this year and I'm going to get some mugwort. Well, I'm going to get some sage and some basil and some cilantro. And next thing you know, I'm walking out of there with two big boxes of seedlings. But when I do that, I haven't always thought about what type of garden I want, how these plants work together, do they all have similar needs, or are they difficult to grow? And when I do that, just totally go in on impulse and purchase that way, half of my plants end up, well, they dead or dying by the middle of the summer, and I feel horrible. So do yourself a favor, plan out your garden, look at what kind of experience you have with gardening and go there with a list and stick with that list. The other thing you need to do is you want to make sure that the plants match. As I talked about a little bit earlier, having plants that have similar soil needs, similar light needs, are going to easier than having a wide variety. Say you have a desert plant and a tropical plant and a Midwest or Northwest plant. Um, and you also want to make sure that the plants that you choose match the intent of your garden. If you're having a meditation garden, you want plants that are calming in nature, that when you smell them or you look at them, they're calming, they make you feel good. So you want to have some lavenders, mugwort, some clary sage. Uh, you don't want to bring in a lot of marigolds or uh, calendula because those are very bright sunny plants. Those belong more in your sun 
garden. If you're having an herb garden, make sure that the herbs have similar needs or that you have enough space that you can have herbs that need a richer soil at one end and maybe a more acidic soil at the other end. If you're having a celestial garden, you want to make sure that you are getting the proper plants. A moon garden, you want plants that are going to bloom in the evening that deal well with shade. And you don't want to mix in, again, those sun plants like the calendula and the marigolds. So now that you've decided what kind of plants you need, biggest question is when to plant. Well, best thing to do when you're looking at when to plant, you want to look at something very mundane, your zone. What zone do you live in? What does the farmer's almanac say about your area? When is the last frost? Uh, that type of thing. After you've done that, then you're going to look at the metaphysical aspects. And most of the time, you're going to find that when looking when to plant, you will be planting during a moon, a full or a waxing moon. Now, these are all moons that are either growing in intensity, such as the new or the waxing, or they're already at their full cycle. So that's giving a lot of good energy. It also is talking about the time of the month. So you can mark from moon phase to moon phase how long it's been. We're going to be talking about four specific plants that are good basic plants to begin with. These plants are basil, calendula, marigold, and yarrow. Basil is a great plant that many people are familiar with. The botanical name for basil is Ossimum basilicum. Magically, it is a plant of protection. It guards against negativity and evil intent. It is good for good luck, prosperity, home blessings, business success, and fidelity. It helps to maintain balance during intense communications. Medicinally, basil is good for maintaining focus, memory, dealing with depression, pain relief, anti-inflammatory, it helps with coughs and colds, it's good as an insect repellent, and it also helps with headaches. And these are just a few of the medicinal qualities of basil. It's also really good in pesto. Uh, the next plant we're going to talk about is calendula, and the botanical name is calendula officialis. It prevents evil from entering a home or business, gives prophetic dreams, offers protection, aids in legal proceedings. It brings added respect and admiration. It removes negative energy, helps to consecrate tools, aids in divination, is good for sun honoring rituals or sun garden, brings good luck in money matters, Medicinally, 
This herb is fantastic as an antibacterial for boosting the immune system, reducing inflammation, fighting fevers, coughs, and colds. Uh, historically, it was also very common for people to take the dried calendula flower and add them to their stews during the winter, and this would help to boost the immune system. Now the marigold is Tichis erectus as the botanical name. There's also French marigold and Mexican marigold. Magically, it has a strong connection to the sun. It's usually harvested at noon during the full sun. It has strong connections to our ancestors of South and Central America. It also has strong connections to the Buddhist and Vedic belief systems in India and Nepal. Renews personal energy, gives the sun's own confidence, aids in business and legal affairs. Many times it will be worn or carried during trials and business meeting. It aids with prophetic and clairvoyant dreams. It also is supposed to be good for helping dreams to come true. It keeps evil away from a home or room. It brightens the spirits and offers protection. Yarrow, Achillium alifolium, is good for grounding, enhancing intuition, harmony, courage, love, protection, helps one to hear and receive messages from other planes, is good for friendship, prophetic dreaming, visions, connecting with distant family and friends. One of the best blood clotters, now we're talking medicinally, so yarrow is one of the best blood clotters and wound closers as well as strongly antiviral. So those are just my four favorite herbs and flowers to talk about. As I said, I have some other good basic plants in the show notes. And this brings us to the conclusion of your magical garden. There's a lot to it and yet it's very intuitive and very much um, intent-based. I hope you have enjoyed our conversation today. This is Charming Mystique Chats. Next week we are going to be starting our new series on understanding the tools of the craft. We will be talking about bells to begin with. We'll look at the history of the bells, culturally who had the first bell, some legends and lore around bells, and then how to choose your own bell to help in your own spiritual practice. Please be sure to tell your friends about Charming Mystique Chats and rate it on your favorite podcast 
channel that you're getting us from. Right now, we are available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Radio FM, and a few other podcast listing favorites. Again, thank you very much for joining us, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you are interested in learning more about my classes, you can purchase the PDFs. It has a little bit more detailed information as well as the exercises. You can do this through my Etsy shop at Charming Mystique, all one word, and you can look in the tutorials section of my shop, or you can contact me at charmingmystique at gmail.com and we can arrange for purchase that way. I'd love to hear from you, feedback. You can leave me voice messages or send me emails. In the meantime, have a beautiful day.